Yesterday, we talked about that Northwestern offense and how they did against Duke and how they've done on the season. Today, we talk about this Northwestern defense. You are Locked On Northwestern, your daily podcast on the Northwestern Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. This is Locked On Northwestern, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Carter Bird, and thank you for making Locked On Northwestern your first listen for anything and everything Northwestern. We're available wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can find us. You can also find us on YouTube. Uh, just look, search uh, Locked On Northwestern. And make sure you you subscribe uh, and turn on notifications, and so you don't miss any any of our daily episodes. Uh, comment, leave leave a re- review. We would love to get some feedback. We'd love to interact with you here at Locked On Northwestern. But yeah, so yesterday we talked about Northwestern's offense and how it's sneaky, kind of awesome this year. They've they've put up two. Strong performances, especially yardage-wise. Um, maybe would like on Saturday to see more points, uh, but you had a fumble cross on the goal line, uh, and you had a missed field goal in there as well. You have two missed field goals on the year, and you have a failed two-point conversion, so there are some points left on the table. Well, today, we are talking that defense. We're talking about this this performance on Saturday this Northwestern defense that uh, I expected to be much improved this year. I think they are. I think they are better. Um, I just think they've played two power five opponents uh, that have maybe been a little better on offense than maybe expected uh, against Duke on, on Saturday, this defense allowed 461 yards 240 of that in the air, 221 of that on the ground. Uh, Yards per play were about 7.8 yards, which in comparison, Northwestern's offense had 5.4 yards per play. So Duke Duke struck struck for bigger chunk plays, especially early. And we'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, Yards per pass attempts were right at 10 yards. Uh, yards per completion were right at about 18 and a half yards per completion and yards per rush Duke ran for about 6.3 yards per rush compare that to 2.2 yards for Northwestern on Northwestern also was 7.3 yards per attempt so about 2.7 yards lower about four yards lower uh, in yards per rush and 12.1 yards per completion about six and a half yards less for completion so that should just paint that picture right off the bat duke duke struck in chunk plays um and they didn't have to run as many plays because they did have these explosives um the time possession allowed uh duke only held the ball for 25 minutes 12 seconds of the game so it wasn't like northwestern's um northwestern was on the field for a crazy amount of time uh, that defense wasn't out there forever. They're four of ten on on third downs, uh, but the, the the number that you would like to see go down is 
Duke was four or five in the red zone uh, with its scoring chances. I believe it was um, four touchdowns, and then they had a, a a field goal there as well from outside the the red zone. Northwestern only managed one sack. They only managed one quarterback hurry, depending on where you look. I think Pro Football Focus may have it at three, but that's not enough pressure. You you need more. Uh, you allowed thirty one points. Riley Leonard had a pretty comfortable day back there at quarterback. Uh, he had a quarterback rating of one forty three point six. He he threw for two hundred forty yards in the game. He looked pretty comfortable back there. Um, would have liked to have seen more pressure from that Northwestern front. I believe his final stat line was thirteen of twenty four. He started a lot better than that. 240 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, his QBR was 52. That interception, um, I'm not going to put that on Riley Leonard. Should have been a touchdown. Um, that's that one drive that did not end in a score. He put it on his receiver on a slant. The guy was open. The guy just let it go through his hands. It bounced around four or five times, and Northwestern came down with it. Um one turnover, and that's that's what we're due. we just talked about, and it was lucky. It's a play that should have gone. It was a seven-point full swing because it was a touchdown. It was a touchdown, plain and simple. Drop pass through the hands, off the helmet, off the helmet, tipped, tipped, intercepted. I mean, epitome of the uh, tip, drill, tip drill and, and great job by uh, Northwestern coming down with it. Um, but you can't bank on plays like that. You need to be able to create interceptions on your own and not have to rely on Garnet Hollis Jr. to have the ball pinball around in the back of the end zone and get lucky to corral it and have your feet in. I mean, he talked about it as much when uh when on when he met with the media after the game was he wouldn't even think about getting his feet in. He just was trying to find the ball and reel the ball in. Just one tackle for loss for the game, and that was that sack by Adetamoa Adebare. Um, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. You need to get some sort of penetration, create some negative plays, and you just didn't do that at any point. And that's that's what also leads to these impressive yards per play, yards per rush, yards per pass attempts, yards per completion numbers that Duke does have in this game. You allowed 232 yards in the first quarter, the first 14 plays, nine first downs in that first quarter, 16.6 yards per play in that first quarter. So it didn't go well. 14 points allowed, and then on the second play of the second quarter, I think they scored their third touchdown. Um, you allowed minus on uh, that came on a three yard carry. The rest of the second quarter, you allowed minus one yards. So that's it. So. You you had them. You legitimately made them go backwards. You put the clamps on them in the second quarter, but you'd already dug the hole for yourself in the first quarter, and that's not going to be good enough. You can't spot a team twenty one points and expect to win. Um, well, you woke up after that first quarter. You played solid after that. You allowed, I believe it was um, two hundred twenty nine yards the the last three quarters, two yards in the second quarter. So it was. Uh, 227 yards in the second half, which is, I mean, it's fine. No, nothing nothing crazy there. Uh, opening script that Duke had absolutely killed Northwestern. There's no if and or 
buts about it. I mean, it's just they came out that opening script, those first 15 plays, uh, really 16 plays if you want to count all three touchdowns there. Fitz talked about the postgame presser. I mean, they defense didn't show up at the, at the beginning of the game. Five plays of more than 15 yards in the first quarter. Three plays like that the rest of the game. And one was was kind of like that interception um, that was through the hands of a Duke receiver and corralled by Garnet Hollis Jr. Um, this one through the hands of a receiver, and it happened to go perfectly to the guy running the slant behind him. and He caught it and ran for 51 yards. So kind of a flukish play there for one of your remaining three plays of over 15 yards. Um, so really plays that you should have corralled only two of them in the last three quarters. Though I'm going to say that through the hands, 51-yard reception um, is flukish. But essentially, when you look at it, the DBs didn't play well enough. Um, second game in a row, you kind of felt that way. Uh Front didn't play well enough. You, you're not going to win many games when you're giving up 6.3 yards per rush. I mean, that's you're going to run into some teams in this league, like that Ohio State team, that they'll take that all game long. And they already have an explosive passing game, too. You got Marvin Harrison Jr. You got Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, yeah, you got uh, C.J. Stroud. I mean, it's... You can't be allowing the, this amount of yards per play, this amount of yards per rush to these teams as the season progresses. Uh, you need more tackles for loss. And you need more sacks. You need more out of that D-line. You need more out of Adetamawa, Adabare. You need more out of Sean, Sean McLaughlin. You need more out of that whole group up front, and you didn't really get it on, on Saturday. And that was disappointing, to say the least. So that's... That's my initial take on the just the defense on Saturday. Next up, we're going to talk about how they've looked these two games and how that compares to last year. But first, let me tell you about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. Bet online is your is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so here we go. We we've. We just talked about that that performance on Saturday. Let's let's take a look at how this defense has looked through two games. Because initial observations for me, this DB's group that that is supposed to be stout has struggled in both games uh, in different moments. You had Cam Mitchell come up with a big interception in Week One and Week Zero rather. Uh, that was a big play, and you had. Garnet Hollis Jr. come up with the interception in week two. I don't consider that a great play. I consider I consider it a great tip tip drill, but uh, the the play itself should never have gotten to that point because it should have been just a straight touchdown. It was not great coverage. It was bad bad play by the Northwestern secondary that kind of it just fell in your lap. 
Um, the front struggled against Duke, especially early. It was bad early. You were getting gashed. But, I mean, you you it's two games in a row where early in the game you've been picked apart and gashed by an opposing offense. Health is an issue on that back end as well. You got Hampton, uh, A.J. Hampton, who's banged up. Um, Coco Asima didn't dress out. Uh, you had Cam Mitchell get banged up against Nebraska. That's not a deep group back there. Um, Jeremiah Lewis is playing really, really well um, since getting in there uh, against against Nebraska. Played really well against his former team in Duke. I think he was the highest-graded player, according to Pro Football Focus, on the defense. Uh, but versus Nebraska, he gave 465 yards, 110 of that on the ground, 355 of that in the air. He forced two turnovers, so that's that's positive. 6.4 yards per play, uh, 8.4 yards per pass attempt, 14.2 yards per completion, and 3.5 yards per rush. I like the rush numbers there. Um, the yards per play, I'm fine with, too. It's the yards per, per completion are a little bit high. Um, against Duke on Saturday, 461 yards, 221 rushing, 240 passing, one turnover, 7.8 yards per play, 18.5 yards per completion, um, 10 yards per attempt, and 6.3 yards per rush. So you you legitimately take a step back against Duke, against an offense that I don't think is better than Nebraska's offense. I know Nebraska just had Scott Frost fired, but the offense does not appear to be the issue for that team so far this year. It appears to be the defense is their issue. So that averages out to 463 yards per game, 165.5 allowed on the ground, 297.5 allowed in the air. You're forcing 1.5 turnovers per game, 7.02 yards per play, 9.02 yards per pass attempt, 15.66 yards per completion, and 5.02 yards per rush. Um, when you look at that, I mean, the passing stats aren't great. Give up a lot of passing yards last year. That wasn't really your Achilles heel of the defense. The Achilles heel was the run game. Um, and you see it especially with that yards for completion. That number is very, very high. And that's concerning as you go through the rest of this year. Compare that to 2021. Well, in 2021, you allowed 430.4 yards per game. 213.9 of that was on the ground. 216.5 of that is in the air. You forced 1.3 turnovers per game, 6.2 yards per play, 7.24 yards per pass attempt, 10.78 yards per completion, and also 5.4 yards per rush. So comparing that to your averages so far this year, you're slightly better in the run game, slightly better. Um, your performance against Duke was not great, um, but it's, but you are, well, I mean, you're you're 50 yards better per game. Um, you're about 0.4 yards better per rush uh, so far. And Duke was again was a step back. If you can replicate Nebraska, I think that would that would say something. Um, passing game, you've taken a step back, and I'm I'm surprised. Surprised because secondary is supposed to be the strength of this team. You got a lot of experience back there. They just can't stay healthy right now. I'm shocked that they they were the guy as banged up as they did in week zero and weren't able to come back in week week two uh, with Osmond Hampton. Um, but it is what it is. 
uh, Cam Mitchell's still out there, and you you can't make mental errors on the back end, and we saw that at times on Saturday. So I think there's some some slight improvement in that run game, decently worse in the pass game. Um, you're allowing five more yards per completion, uh, about two yards more per attempt in the pass game, and right now about 80 yards more per game through the air, uh, about 50 yards fewer on the ground. But the yards per play, to me, carries a little more weight. Um, and so far this year, you're you're giving up more yards per play than you were last year when your defense was not good last year. So this this defense has to get right because the offense is doing its job. The offense is doing its job. The defense has to, has to step up and, and help out. Um, and I'm just surprised that things that don't look better than this through two games. Um, so, I mean, when you just look at the numbers, statistically this defense is worse than it was last season. So that's that's kind of where we, we sit through two games right now. Uh, chance to get right against Southern Illinois on Saturday. Um, but we're going we're gonna to start to look at the things that I think this Northwestern defense needs to work on going forward, and that's going to come up in just a second. But first, know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Every day, host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make sure Locked On Big Ten is your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. All right, so here we go. I just jotted down some notes, and we're just gonna we're, we're gonna talk it out. What what needs to improve? What needs to improve? Well, first, it'd be nice um, if the defense would start faster, because two weeks in a row, two ga- or two games in a row, the defense has allowed a touchdown on the first drive against Duke. North uh, Northwestern allowed touchdowns on Duke's first three drives. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. You're not going to win games in the Big Ten like that. You're just not. Now, you do come you come back in both games, and you kind of start to figure stuff out, and you start to limit this team, the teams that you play, and that's well and good. But you got to be better from the start. You can't, you can't have the front seven uh, get blown off the ball the way that they were early. You can't get gassed in the run game like that, like like they were on Saturday. You need to be like you were against Nebraska when you stifled a pretty good run game against a pretty big offensive line and a running back who's who's put up big numbers since then in Anthony Grant. Nebraska needs to be the norm in the run game, not Duke. If Duke is the norm in the run game, this Northwestern defense is in trouble, and it's going to severely limit how good this Northwestern team can be. And that's something that that because right now the offense is good enough to the everything that Northwestern wants to accomplish the offense is good enough to to accomplish. It's a matter of can the defense elevate to a point that they can you can accomplish those things because I, I I mean I think a bowl game is very much on the table. I mean I think it, I think that's um, with the way the offense is playing. I think it's on the table. The defense they can step it up. I think there's a path. 
there's a path because there's some teams that don't really blow you away in the Big Ten West. Wisconsin's coming off a loss against Washington State. Iowa, I'd be shocked if they cross midfield in, in half of their Big Ten games. The offense is that bad. Spencer Petras is that bad. Uh, granted, their defense is good and their and their special teams is awesome. Their special teams is the reason why they've, they've been in two games so far. Um, Purdue, I mean, solid quarterback. <laughs> defense struggled late. Um, I just, I think you're better than Illinois. I think you're better than Indiana. I mean, I, I think you're, I think you're better than a lot of teams in the Big Ten. I think that Maryland game, I think that one's going to be interesting on the road. Penn State game, you're going to learn a lot about what they what they do this weekend uh, at Auburn. And so, I mean, they didn't blow me away against Purdue. I'm just running through games, teams in the Big Ten, teams on on Northwestern's schedule. Minnesota, haven't really paid much attention to them, I'll be honest with you. But the back end, the back end has to get better as well. And they have to be more more consistent. And it starts, look, the the improvement on this defense, it starts with the the leaders on this defense. And that's Aditamawa Adabare on the D-line. That's Bryce Gallagher at linebacker. And that's Cam Mitchell on the back end. Because Aditamawa, you expect more from. I mean, look, he was, he was fine on Saturday. He had a solid game by the numbers. But I, but if you're gonna be if you're gonna be on Bruce Feldman's freak list, and you're gonna be the leader of this D line, and you're gonna be a captain, I want more out of you. I want you to be dominant. I want you to compete your butt off and show me more pass rush than I've seen so far. I know you got a sack. I know that there was a forced fumble, but it hasn't been much. Through, through through two games, you graded out well according to Pro Football Focus in Week One. Graded out pretty solid this past week, but if you, yeah, you need to be that dude on this D line. Bryce Gallagher, um, pretty solid first game. <laughs> not not really as noticeable in the second game, to be honest with you. Um, and Pro Football Focus noticed that. I think he was maybe the worst or second worst graded player on the defense, according to Pro Football Focus. Then you get to Cam Mitchell, who just like he had a lot of praise after after Week Zero. Yeah, you had the interception. You had Greg Newsom telling you that you're you're the best corner in, in college football. You're, you're telling the media that you're better than than he is. Um, it's it's surprising to see struggle at times, and your unit that you head up. And I know there's injuries; they got to be ready. And so far, at times, they don't look ready. And when you can't quit on a play, you can't have a mental error like you did on Saturday that led to an 81 yard pass play. Ankle and you hand fighting. Flag comes out. You can't just assume it's OPI and quit running. You can't do that because <laughs> it turned out to be DPI. And, well, 81 yards, biggest play of the game, led to a touchdown. That can't happen. 
But Aditamawa has to get more pressure. He has to lead that front. Cam Mitchell has to lead the back end. They, they, you can't have mental errors. You need your guys to get back healthy. And this defense has to step up because the offense is good enough. Evan Hole and Halinski are good enough. Thomas Gordon's making plays on offense. The defense has to match, match the intensity that the offense has shown through two games. And right now, they haven't done it. So that's my thoughts on the defense, what they did on Saturday, what they've done this year, how it compares to last year, and then what they got to do to improve. Because it, if the defense keeps putting forth performance like, like this, it's going to severely limit what this Northwestern team can be in 2022. So they have an opportunity here to get right these next two weeks before they get into the meat of the schedule. Let's see how they do on Saturday. Let's see how they do the following week. And then let's 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 reevaluate it after each of these games. But yeah, I think that's going to do it for today. I'm your thank you for uh listening to Locked On Northwestern. Thank you for, for making us your first listen for anything and everything Northwestern. We're available wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. We're on YouTube. Just search Locked On Northwestern. Make sure you subscribe, turn on notifications, you comment, leave a review. We'd love all the feedback, all the interaction we can get. It helps us. It makes, it makes the show better. Uh, your, your feedback does. Um, and, yeah, I mean – I would I would love to interact with y'all. Um, I'm your host Carter Bird. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CarterBird13. Uh, come back later this week. I think tomorrow. I've talked about it all week. I've kind of been playing in it. I'm gonna make a tomorrow. We're gonna talk Evan Hull because the guy deserves more shine than what he's gotten. Then we're gonna talk um, that matchup against Southern Illinois on Friday uh, on Friday's show and look around the Big Ten and the country and what games are interesting there. But, yeah, I'll see you next time.